What's going on, everyone? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Geekable. And today we're going to have you geeking out to be a geek, listening to Geekable, as we have the amazing Bob Quinn joining us today. Bob, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been nothing but just excitement since you since you said that you'd be on the show. And uh, Anas and I are thrilled to have you here. Thank you well, for thank-, thank you for coming. You know, yeah. thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. That's awesome. For those of you listening. Bob is just killing it at Marvel recently. Um, you know, he's done a, a lot of great work uh, with the champions, big names like Captain America, and he's currently killing it. Uh, he's the talk of the town right now uh, with Way of X, which is just an amazing series. You know, he's his artwork is just phenomenal. And uh, he's brought back some some pretty legendary characters in the first two issues of Way of X. Introduce some original characters as well, as we've seen yeah. on your Twitter, Bob. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is, this is not my first original character at Marvel, though. My first original character at Marvel was uh, with uh, Miss Marvel 31. Rainbow Roll and I introduced Skunk Girl. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if you read that issue, but it's like they're, all the girls were having like this big slumber party. And then the pizza wasn't getting there and the pizza was delivered by a girl who got hit with the Terrigen mist and then, uh, and then gained the powers to smell terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Very original. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I would say I personally prefer soft serve, but you know, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. It was such a big joke. I was like, nobody's gonna, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a sequence later that does involve a considerable amount of ice cream. And I almost made her the ice cream vendor. And I was just like, no, this is, I don't know. It, it's pushing it, my luck. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so we have so many questions lined up for you. We have so much we want to ask. Obviously, we're not going to dig too deep. Anything that you cannot, uh, you know, say we'll have, how about us? Like, we'll have, we should have like a safe word. You know, if something's like a red line, just yeah. say something. We'll, we'll say we'll... Omaha, like, uh, <laughs> like Peyton Manning or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I will, I will respectfully decline anything I can't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Just plead the fifth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So Tell us about your work. How did you get started working, getting into comic books? Because I've read your bio on your website. You know, I did my research. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even remember what I wrote. That is probably some asinine <laughs> garbage. <laughs> you said you used to work in the video game industry and you worked for THQ and Activision. And That's then you correct. transitioned into comic books. So how did yes. that come about? Uh, so what happened here? Here's the, here's the fascinating tale. So. I was working at Activision um, on the game Skylanders. You may remember it as that game that had all the little figurines. You put them on of the course. Portal, it was like the original like... Disney Infinity thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was working on that and I was working on the virtual world web component, which really not a ton of people remember. So it was like, originally when Activision launched the brand, they were like, we got these cool toys, but like, maybe there's not enough value to them, right? It's like just being the figurines themselves. So we were, so they were like, well, what if there was also like a virtual world on the internet that kids could go play with? Cause like, that was sort of the time when like Club Penguin was kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. So they were like, all right, well, we'll do that. And I had been working at Disney on a number of virtual worlds. And I had an old friend who was like, hey, do you want to come work on this? And I was like, absolutely. Cause I played it at um, E3 and I was like, this is the coolest thing. So I was working on it. And then at a certain point, Activision's a funny company, right? Cause it's like, they have a, if I were to say to a normal person, hey, I've got a machine and the machine, you can take a million dollars and you put it in one side and out the other side comes $60 million. Yeah. And most people go, I want that machine, right? That's a cool machine. But 
at Activision, they go, yeah, but we have this other one that spits out a billion dollars. So why oh. are we wasting? It's just not a big enough return on investment for them. So it's like about IPs and. Yeah, exactly. So at a certain point, we were like, okay, so the, you know, the, obviously these numbers are all make them ups, but it's like, it, we're putting in money to this one thing and it's not spitting out enough dollar bills. So we're, we're, um, we're going to sort of just let this sort of simmer for a minute while we figure out what we're going to do. So I was literally in a situation where I would go into work. And I didn't have anything to do. So there was like an art store down the way. And I just started drawing a bit more regularly. Cause like, I was like, I used to like doing it when I was a kid. So I'm like, I'll draw. And then like, I started doing it like every day, all day, because I didn't have a whole lot of work to do. <laughs> um, so eventually I ended up in a situation where I left Activision and went work and went to work for another company. At the same time, I was developing a, a original graphic novel with an old friend of mine from college. And um, we got this crazy opportunity to go make it. And I was, you know, I was working at this other company and I was like, I wasn't super happy about it. And I, cause like, it, you know, I'd worked for all these big corporations, right? And I was like, well, if I just moved to this other place maybe they won't be run by an insane person. And I was like, oh, nope, this place is insane. Oh, but I'll go work for this other company. I'm sure they're, it won't be a crazy person in charge. And like, so I kept like, okay, well, obviously my problem is that I'm working for publicly held. And if I go work for a private corporation, there won't be insane people that everybody's insane at every place I've ever worked. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, maybe this is the opportunity to finally go work for myself, right? Like I'm going to, we're going to make this comic book and nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to be the boss you. of me finally, right? So I did it. And I was like, this is great. I made this original graphic novel. Nobody published it. So we just kind of put it out on our own. And now I'm like, I got no job. This is not great. And to my wife's credit, she's like, we'll see if we can make it work. And if it does, it does. And if it doesn't, then you can go get another job. So I made friends with the guys on the Thrilling Adventure Hour, if you're familiar with that podcast. I am not. So it's like a bunch of serialized uh, stories. So it'll be like Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars, or the, the cross time adventures of Colonel TikTok and stuff like that. Right. Okay. So I made friends with them. Uh, and so they were sort of in the process of getting, uh, an image series set up with a bunch of the stories from that podcast. Wow. Right. Um, and they wanted me to draw the, one of them was called Amelia Earhart, fearless flyer. Right. And it was sort of like these crazy adventures of Amelia Earhart of like, you know, what happened to her when she disappeared. Nice. Right. So they were like, well, maybe you'll do that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like I, you know, drew some sketches and some stuff for them. And like that ended up not happening, but one of the writers of it, uh, Ben Acker was working with Heath Corson on uh, King's quest at dynamite. Mm -hmm. And um, the editor on that was the same editor as uh, on the um, Thrilling Adventure Hour stuff. So they were like, well, hey, do you want to work on that with us? And I said, sure. But the timing ended up being a little weird. So what happened was, is I only was doing like one page flashbacks in that series. And then eventually the original artist had a conflict and had to leave. And then I finished out the series and then I ended up doing one of the issues in two weeks, which ingratiated me to the editor enough that I ended up working with him a whole bunch. And that's how I ended wow. up at all the, all the dynamite stuff. Right. So it like from that, I went to the uh, green Hornet series, which then led to the uh, James Bond series with, uh, with Jeff Parker and then ended up on the um, Lone Ranger series. And, and you've then, also done Red Sonia. Yep. Did Red Sonia, all that, all that stuff with Mark Russell. So uh, yeah. And then 
you know, uh, Mar- Marvel came a knocking after after a while. So honestly, how does it feel? Like, what was your initial reaction when like the biggest or you know one of the big two just goes like, "Hi, we've seen your stuff, and we'd really like you on board." I, I can tell you that story because it's absolutely insane. Please do. Ooh. Okay, so this was the this was the nuttiest stuff, right? So because like, okay. The fact of the matter is, is I was never like, Marvel was never the goal for me, right? Like the goal was the first thing that I did, which was I'm going to do my own stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was raised by a couple of incredibly practical Midwestern people who were like, you know, if you can get a job that involves math and science, (laughs) people always need engineers. And I was like, what if I was a rainbow maker instead? But like, I've still got like that, I really need to like have regular income thing so like when these other companies come knocking you're like oh yeah that that seems like a good thing to do that will help me keep the lights on while i'm trying to make you know my dreams come true or whatever right so what happened was is i'm I'm working on all this dynamite stuff and then out came the uh tom taylor's all new wolverine stuff love that series yeah it's it's an incredible series and it introduced uh gabby kenny the honey badger right and i was like this kid is a laugh i love her right she's hilarious and but she's also like very sort of innocent and pure but like sort of weird like and, and, and like crazy and yeah anyway like i was like this this character is super duper fun um and so for anybody out there who tells you don't draw fan art it's a waste of time those people are liars because i drew a picture of the honey badger okay and didn't i didn't even tag tom taylor in it i was just like oh here she, she's hilarious this is great um and then somehow he saw it wow. retweeted it and then tagged all of his editors. And I was no like, way. I was like, what? nothing's going to come of this. That what, what a funny thing that happened, but nobody's going to care. Uh, the next morning, I'm not going to say who from uh, Marvel <laughs> no, was no in names, my, not necessarily. I'm not going to name names of who was in my DMs the next day, but it was somebody you've heard of and somebody who's a, a oh, big wow. deal over there. And they were like, do our editors know you? And I said, no, I've never talked to anybody over there. And he, he gave me like three email addresses. And he said, email these people, can't promise anything, but good luck. And I said, wow. okay. So I me- I emailed the, uh, the the people on the list. I sent them like the, the best pages I had from James Bond at the time. And then um, a- along with the, the piece that had been noticed and said, I don't know, they, they told me to send you an email. Here's the stuff. And then that led to, hey, do you want to work on this uh, Miss Marvel thing, right? And do you want to work on this Halloween story thing. And then eventually kind of steamrolled into me doing pickups and fill-ins to, Hey, do you want to draw X-Men? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those weird things where it's just sort of like a bunch of happy accidents as it were, that sort of led me to, I guess I'm working on, you know, a a big title and a big thing. It it was never like, I was never like, I got to go to portfolio review and I got to do this thing and I got to do this. There's just sort of like a bunch of crazy circumstances that sort of led to, yeah, I guess I draw comics for Marvel now. <laughs> wow. I always feel bad when I say it too, because it's like, there's people that have like, they go in and they're struggling, they're grinding every day. And like, they're going to the reviews and they keep in people's like, Oh, you're not ready yet, kid. You know, just keep at it and all this stuff. And I'm all like, I don't know. It just sort of happened. It, just, <laughs> it like did. Wow. The, that's yeah, amazing. I don't know. That's it's totally, you know nuts. what? I have seen your work in green Hornet. And some of those pages are just so stellar. So oh, thank that you. is, yeah, very, yeah, of course, please. But that's, that's an incredible story. I mean, because yeah, you, you're a mix of both putting in the work, you know, you put in your time at Green Hornet, you put in mm-hmm. your time in, in James Bond, but then it did just kind of fall in your lap a little bit to an extent, just bloop, like, 
this the amazing thing, thing happened. My, my, my first, my first job at dynamite fell on my lap. Like the, the whole thing is, is just been, I don't know, you know, you keep a positive attitude. You do, you do the work and you know, your dreams can come true kids. That's what I'm here to tell you. I'm a success story that you can model your life after just, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, the, the, uh, uh, I'm buddies with a few people who, who said I'm forced gumping my way through comics, which is very much what it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then I met the president and I got shot in the butt and I drank a thousand Dr. Peppers and now I draw X-Men, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, my God. You do have um, kind of the Lieutenant Dan thing going. Uh, so maybe that's the. Oh, yeah. Too far from the, uh, <laughs> from you can't the see below. I got I got no legs. Uh, I just sit here all day. <laughs> sit there and draw. Yeah. No, yeah. Bob, this is yes. always something, you know, I'm a big con guy. I, so I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. So I go to Boston. I've been. Con. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, beautiful city. Great. They have a great convention every August. It's coming back uh, this August. So excited. Um, Congrats. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. It is. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. But one of the biggest things I always ask writers, uh, I'm sorry, artists, is how do you battle, and every artist has a different answer, how do you battle um, you know, artist fatigue? How do you battle that from just drawing and drawing and drawing? Um, I thankfully haven't had it wow wow um well you know i think i think part of it comes from the fact that i spent so many years doing jobs that i thought i was going to like but never really loved okay to now being in the position where it's like i'm doing a thing that i really really love and really enjoy so like there are days i think i wake up and i go oh, man i, I don't want to draw this thing today or like man today's going to be a struggle but then i'm like yeah, but you spent 12 years being absolutely miserable and every day you get to wake up, eat a bagel, be your own boss, nobody tells you what to do. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it it fits so well with my mentality and I spent so many years like in an office environment that I that I built up uh I think a pretty strong work ethic to the point where it's like I know what I have to do every day and I just go in and get it done. And I'm also really appreciative of the fact cuz like okay, so working in video games is very abstract if if that makes any sense like so when when you're when you're designing them right you're sitting there going okay i i have a bunch of concepts and i think when we put them together they're going to be fun right and then you spend you know a year two years three years putting them together and sometimes they're fun sometimes they're not and then when you're on the publishing end what you do is you play a thing and then you get on a telephone and then you yell at people because the thing that they gave you wasn't fun. And then you tell them how it's supposed to be fun. And then you hang up the phone and then your boss yells at you because they're not making the thing fun. Right. And, and at the end of the day, like you can kind of point to the thing that you made and go, yeah, you know, I had an impact. I participated. On I participated in that process with a thousand people, but with comics at the end of the day, I can hold up a piece of paper and go, this is the thing I made. Yeah, that that's was cool. my output today, right? Satisfying, and being able right. to like, you know, it, it's the, I don't know, the it, not not to get too, you know, weird about it, but like there is something to be said for being able to look back at your day's labor and say, this is the thing I made. Yeah. Like this is the piece of paper that I'm holding that that has that has my, you know, my, my scratching on it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I did. Yep. And then a couple, and like a month later, uh, you know, they, they, they send me my comps and then here's the book I made, right? And like, it's a physical thing that I can see so directly that was mine mm -hmm. that I go, it, it's, it's so much more fulfilling than anything I've done before that it's like, yeah, today might suck. And I might be stuck at my desk for 12 hours, but 
you know, being stuck at my desk 12 hours yelling at people to fix bugs that are like impossible to track down. Like it's such a different experience and it's so much easier to, to understand what it is that I'm like, yeah, this is easy. This, this, I can do all day. This, I can do this until I don't have no problem being chained to my desk and, and dying at the drawing board. It's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. That, you know what? Yeah. I can kind of relate to that in a sense. Like I used to do construction, right. For yeah. years and years. And you know, I'd be I come from a long work. line of, of construction workers and architects, right? Like uh, 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 my, my great, great grandfather from uh, Ireland was a carpenter. Right. No like, wow. I think, I think that, I think, that, dude, I think there's, there's something to be said for like, you come from this line of people and like grandpa, great grandpa was a carpenter. I'm a carpenter. I like to build things. Yeah. Right? yeah. And like, so, right. Yeah, and that's exactly. kind of what would get me through the suck because mm-hmm. sometimes days, you know, it gets hot in the summer and you're there with a sledgehammer and you're there in mm-hmm. a half house built, you know, a, a, a house that's half built. And it's just, you're like, Oh, it's just, it's almost overwhelming to a sense. But then you finish it and you finish the job and mm-hmm. you look at it and it's mm-hmm. like, here it is. And here's what the hard work put into yep. almost, it's almost on par with having the money in your pocket in terms Absolutely. of- Absolutely. Yeah. I can see that. Like you're just sitting there. You're like, oh man, these walls are only just framed. Right. How many more walls do I have to make? Yeah. Until eventually like suddenly, you know, the drywall's up and then, you know, the, the, the roof is, right, you know, man. fully tiled. And you're like, holy crap. Yeah. I made a house. Like yeah, the weeks go incredible. by. Yeah it, yeah, it all adds up. So that's that's very interesting. I love that answer. I've never heard an, an, an answer kind of kind of going back to the whole like, you know, the the but you know what too, Bob? And maybe maybe you'll agree with this a little bit too, but having having seen so much of your work, it kind of sounds like you stretch different muscles of your artistic ability. Like you'll be doing a book like, okay, like Way of X, right? That is that's a very um that's kind of like a book that is kind of like out of left field, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like a generic comic in any sense. And that's what's, no, it's, that's it's, what's, it's very strange. <laughs> it's a very yeah. strange book. My, my friends, issue three is coming out and it gets weirder. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Oh yeah. man, I can't wait. But, but just, just to my point, like, you know, you have that weird book, then you have Captain America mm-hmm. and that's just like the superhero comic. Yeah. And, it, and then you do like, you know, James Bond and you do Green Hornet and, and even like Red Sonia, they're all just, magnificently different in their in their own aspects so do you think that has had something to do with the whole like you haven't been fatigued you know what it's possible because um i I sort of come from the so for me i didn't come from this is my dirty secret that i i tell on every podcast so you're gonna learn it now too i i didn't come from a comic book background i came from a comic strip background we were gonna ask oh yeah so i i didn't i didn't read a ton of marvel x-men stuff like i I actually started getting into comic books around hellboy time um just because it was so weird but like when i when i grew up you know instead of um instead of reading me like golden books bedtime stories my dad would read me mad magazine wow so so like my my heroes growing up were all like Don Martin and Dave Berg and Mort Drucker and stuff like that and I I sort of came from the and you can probably see it in in my art in, in my pages there the the panels are very frequently almost set up like comic strips like which is why I think some of the humor stuff plays is because it has a tendency to be but maybe a little bit flatter maybe a little bit like from here up with two people talking to each other you know what I mean so I mean that's sort of how I I, I approach some of it not not all of it obviously but but some of it and um but uh i remember seeing a, an interview a while back from uh w- with mort drucker who was talking about what your job is a lot of the times is to look at what you suck at right and 
just attack drawing that thing until you're good at it, right? And then find the next thing that you suck at and then draw that thing until you're good at it. And I've, I've, I've been very lucky with the, the projects that I've had that I've had a lot of really different things to draw and every one of them would expose something I was terrible at, right? Oh. Like James Bond was a World War II thing. You know what I was really bad at? Drawing planes, drawing submarines and drawing boats. Guess what I had to draw a lot of? Yeah, I had to draw Stukas. I had to draw U-boats, right? Like I had to draw all this crazy stuff. And I was like, I better learn how to draw this. I'm going to be in big trouble, right? So um, every single, like, so then like, you know, Red Sonia was draw a billion horses. Same with, uh, you know, Lone Ranger, draw a billion horses. Now it's like draw lush islands and draw Central Park, New York. Like I've never had to draw these things before. And every time it's like, I'm trying to solve new problems and like see how to approach uh, these different environments and, and, the, and you know, what, what does a park bench look like in Central Park versus what does, what does a Texas ranch look like in the 1800s, right? Like every single one of them is going to flex a new muscle and it adds a new tool or a new, uh, a, you know, a, a new approach to your repertoire. I have a question for you, and I'm, I think a lot of people would want to know about this. So okay. now that you're, you've become involved in this whole beautiful universe that is the Marvel yes. Universe and the whole Krakoa thing, mm-hmm. how intricate and how well detailed is the vision for the future so far? Like, how, what, what do you know? <laughs> you know, I know, you know, Jonathan Hickman is obviously masterminding this whole thing and, you know, pulling all the strings, but coming Here's- on board to a project like this... So the interesting thing about this is that I'm not in like the writer slack, right? Like I'm not okay. in those meetings. Like I'm, I'm the, the way it's structured is very much, I am an independent contractor and, you know, they, they will send me, you know, I, I, I do, I, I do converse, you know, with like editorial and, mm-hmm. and with Cy and all that stuff on, on a, on a very regular bit, like daily. Right. Okay. But um, as far as like plans to the future, I don't have a ton of insight into it. However, I do sort of understand how the writer's room works to an extent. Okay. And like, from what I've heard is like those, those initial like powers of 10 house of X stuff, they were just kind of setting things up. Right. And it would be like, Hey, here's the thing, you know, like here's the crucible that's going to be over here. If somebody wants to deal with that, go for it. Right. Like, here's reincarnation. What does that mean to people? I don't know. You figure it out later. So we like, get X he would, factor. exactly. So like yeah. what would happen is, is, you know, they, they'd put out these books and they just kind of plant a bunch of seeds around. And then writers would come in and go, you know what? I'm actually really interested in exploring, you know, for our book in particular, it's, I'm interested in exploring what does eternal life do to people? Right. Right. What does when when death is no longer the end, how do people unify around a common goal and a common purpose? Like, like, what does that mean? What does religion mean now? What is soul? What is yeah? What is the very interesting concept? Actually, I you know it was something that we discussed when the whole reincarnation thing was introduced. It's very Mm -hmm. interesting because Nightcrawler is a very religious character and he's had a a very religious background. Other characters like Kitty Pride has also you know talked about her faith so it was very interesting to me to see how they would tackle this new you know world and this new yeah. eternal life really yeah i mean so we I, deal with it in the, in the in the very first issue right like yeah. the kids are joking around about yeah. dying the way that you would joke around about hey hey did you bone down yet bro <laughs> but like yeah have you been murdered yet like yeah. we literally i mean it, issue one's out now if you haven't read it this is your own fault yes. spoilers coming 
Oh yes, no, we're gonna her head to get blown off, right? Yes. Like, it was disturbing. It was it's, a very it, disturbing absolutely awful. scene. Reading it, I was like, do I do I do I laugh at? The, I didn't laugh personally, but I was like, do I laugh or do I take a step back and say, this is like the normal for these people in this book? Mutants. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and that's and then and then the question of who are you when you come back? Because yep. mm-hmm. do you do you want do you want the sandwich? Do you want the who? What's what was lost? Right. Yeah. What did you lose between when you died? Or what, what essentially when were you last backed up by whoever you know? Yeah, yeah, who, you yeah, know, right. We we don't know what is it doing to you. It's 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 the uh, it's the Star Trek teleporter problem, right? Are you murdered <laughs> and reassembled, or is it still you? What is it? Yeah. You know, it it all goes back to Nightcrawler, and almost in a sense, while I'm reading the book, I'm envisioning him as this is going to sound crazy, but bear with me as the reader. Mm-hmm. He's looking at it. No, he is in a sense very that, much yeah, that I am. You know, looking at it like this is disturbing. This is weird. Yeah. And that's where it kind of goes. That's that's where the craziness comes from. Is like yeah. he's like looking at it the same way I am. Just he's essentially like, our everyman, right? Like if everyman yeah. was bur- was like a furry blue elf, but like he very much is, right? Because like he's still because he's older because he hasn't grown up in this world where everything is so like it's frankly bizarre, right? It is. He still sees things the way we see things, so mm-hmm. we can experience it through him in a way that makes sense to us but we can see how it's shaping this world that he now lives in. It's, and it's very strange. It it's very, very strange. And, and I love I, how you guys are tackling it. Yeah, I cannot wait to see how this series ends up going. I'm sure it's going to go in some very weird directions after we've seen the, the ending of issue two. We're not going to spoil that. It just came out very recently. Mm-hmm. But I will say, you are probably one of my favorite people to ever draw David Holler, and I'm a huge oh. Legion fan. Oh, thank just, you. <laughs> yeah, you have done him wonders. Honestly, he looks so good. I can't wait to see more of that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he, he does a lot of very important stuff in issue three and issue four ends with something. <laughs> with something. Uh, <laughs> Excitement. I, yeah, I haven't seen issue five script yet because it, you may or may not know I'm currently drawing a, a, a cable one shot. So um, yeah, the last okay. iteration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. wait yeah. for that. I, can't, I, can't, I wait for that. I miss old yeah. man cable. Oh yeah, Spe- yeah. Speaking of flexing new muscles, this book is so nineties. Oh it's, nice. Let's go. Oh, it is. It's the goofiest book I've ever done because it's so serious. Like it's so nineties uh-huh. serious. It's absolutely the best. Like it's totally goofy. <laughs> um, it, but you know, again, it's it's like in a totally different way, right? Because like Way of X has like fart and puke jokes but also deals with like existentialism. Yes. And this other one is like, just totally, like it's totally goofy and that it's so ultra serious and everybody's grimacing about everything and everybody's outfits are, you know, there's way too many pouches and every Let's page go. takes away too I was long hoping to you'd say that. Oh, Let's dude, go. I-, I have, look, at, I have to show you, like, because I'm drawing this book, I have all of my old cyber force issues in front of me. Oh my so god! That can, Way. So that I can oh. remember how Mark Silvestri drew technology. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! You're you're that he's the king too with that. Oh, that's oh, dude. awesome. Yeah, like I, I was not super into comic. The first time I actually started getting into comic books was my my cousin had bought the um not the first four issue run but the the first of the relaunch of the Cyber Force issues. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 and I was like, what is this? I'd never seen anybody draw like that before. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And, you, and you'd never know it by looking at my work because it doesn't look anything like that. But um, yeah, that was one. Of, he was he was one of the guys I was like, OK, this is this is the guy. <laughs> so um, but yeah, so th- there's a there's 
there's a there's a healthy throwback with i mean it still looks like me but there's a healthy throwback to a lot of that stuff uh, in this upcoming cable book so it's gonna be cool i'm, I'm really I'm, looking forward to it yeah i'm so glad you brought that up i'm so glad oh good yeah that <laughs> that's really fun what is the one x-men character that you would love to draw or work on or marvel character oh we'll man uh, you know th- this this was i'm gonna time to air some dirty laundry you're getting an exclusive oh yeah they're, they're doing that deadpool black white and blood thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and phil noto is drawing the honey badger story with tom taylor and i've never been more incensed in my life i was like <laughs> that's my story what are you doing get out of here <laughs> phil noto is great and tom's great and it's going to be really good and everything but they should have asked me yeah <laughs> i'm a little sad so, okay Hun- i mean honey badger is one of my favorite characters honestly she's oh, you know yeah. her introduction in tom taylor's all new wolverine yeah. and she's she's now in um in the new mutants as well yep. so she is yep. still involved yep. in krakoa it's good and to see her yeah yeah, yeah. I hit I hit her in a background, so I was I was good with that. So. I saw that I think. Yeah, I saw that I think. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there Did you hear fun. back from Marvel about soft serve after you tweeted those tweets? Nope. <laughs> I, just, I you know, but the Cy retweeted it, and I was like, oh man, Jake's gonna see this, and I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> oh my god. Nobody said anything yet, and it's like it's such a small like nobody's gonna notice it, and it's like it's a joke that 400 people on Twitter liked, and might if. They might go back and look at, oh yeah, there's that one that poops, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, but some of the best jokes that are the ones that ends up, you know, being actual characters. Like, you never know where this could end up. Actually, I, yeah. I would love to see soft serving, like, just some backgrounds more often. God, some, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of, I sort of have a, like a running list of uh, characters that people want to have thrown in backgrounds here and there. So I'm like, I got to try to get them all out in a in issue five. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. Do you ever okay. like throw in? like people you know in comics you ever do that yes i've i've drawn i've drawn friends of mine uh that's really cool it's a little tougher on krakoa just because it's like you know all these characters right and they're Mm -hmm. all supposed to be they're all supposed to be specific like it's all this is mutant town so like if i just throw my friend andy in there it's gonna be like what's he doing there (laughs) yeah right you know (laughs) that's cool that you do that though that's something i always ask at cons too like sometimes people will be like yeah like like my wife is in this one and like yeah. or, or like this and it's just like i don't it's very um, neat that you guys can like do i'm that. i'm my myself my wife uh and then and the editorial team and e-viewing e- are all in uh champions oh very nice cool. yeah very so. cool. <laughs> i'm gonna have to dig for that one I yeah mean, yeah it's an it's an issue five we're all on a bus you're very recognizable so i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm gonna be able to <laughs> yeah. spot you right away yeah 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 i i uh i darkened the beard a bit i got some of the gray out but other than that it's me <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, so, you know, you've, you've mentioned that you, you first started getting into comics by making your own graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered going back and making more creator-owned comics and doing your own thing? Uh, I don't know what I can talk about here. Uh, here, I, I signed a contract with a company okay. We're putting out a graphic novel in a couple of years. Oh, um, my God. Wow. So, okay. so basically, um, I, the company and the editor was very... Like understood the fact that like what the offer was was not my normal page rate because you know I've been because mm-hmm. I'm a very fan I, you know my Marvel comics now <laughs> very very fancy right so like I was like I really want to make this book with you guys I really like working with you editor guy that I probably can't talk about but this page rate is not super tenable for me and he's like well what if we only asked you to deliver X number of pages per month mm-hmm. could you do it then. Uh, and you just kind of worked it in between your normal Marvel work. And I was like, yeah, I can probably do that. So uh, at an eight page a month 
clip, I've got a book that's coming out um, in hopefully not longer than two years, but hopefully sooner. We'll see. All right. We'll see how fast I can do it. Okay, and was it like a collaborative work, or did you you know work with the writer creating that story or the? Um, so it was a situation. So for years and years and years, I I was participating in Inktober, and then for you know obviously the last couple of years I have not been able to right. But mm-hmm. um, Inktober has led to a number of original ideas from me that have like full stories and up to 12, 15, 20 pages of comic that nobody will probably ever read. Uh, this was one of those things. So okay. I, I kind of, I, I drew these characters and then I had sort of a basic idea of where I wanted the story to kind of go and sort of what it was about. And then an old friend of mine that I worked with at Disney, who was one of the writers. Um, so like Disney would employ a bunch of writers and stuff for like their virtual worlds and stuff. And I think he worked on the, um, I don't know if I can say what he worked on. He worked on one of the virtual worlds and okay. he was a writer for it. And so he was like, I really like these characters. Do you want to try to make a book out of it? And I said, nice. he, he was like, hey, do, do you have these things? So I told him the basic structure of the, of the story that we wanted to do. And then he went off, came back with an outline and like sort of a bit more depth on everything and, and the characters and stuff like that. And then I was like, this is great. What about this? And we kicked it back and forth. And then um, we were- So you took part in creating these characters. Yeah, so like I I I drew them, and then I like I had a they 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 had very it was pretty easy to to determine what their personalities were off of the drawing, mm-hmm. like they, they it was it was very like I don't know if it, it was like very Saturday morning cartoon but a little bit eviler right okay. so like it was very easy to kind of look at them and go okay well this obviously this person is like the serious one and this is the one that's a little unsure of themselves and this is the one that's happy all the time right so. Yeah. And then from there, it kind of became like, how do we flesh them out? Like, you know, maybe this one's dad is, you know, a little bit overbearing. Maybe this one doesn't really have a family. Maybe this one is, you know, like maybe this one just grew up and everything was good for them. Right. And then, um, but it, it, it was, it was like a very collaborative thing. Right. Cause like, I, I you know, I, I, I'd drawn it and I did have very specific ideas of sort of how things were going to work, but like, you know, with, with any creative partnership, it's give and take. And then when somebody actually has like a better idea, you know, having the good sense to know when they have the better idea and go, oh no, that's the way it should definitely go because that's yeah. going to lead to this. And, you know, how, how do we make sure that the, that the climax is, is, you know, emotionally impactful, but also ex- exciting and stuff like that. And so we, we, we batted all that stuff back and forth. And then, you know, I kept um, sending pitches out to see here, the, the other dirty secret about me is that I don't know anybody. Um, like I am I'm like the guy who somehow managed to, to work his way through the comics industry with absolutely no relationships to speak of outside of like, yeah. Right. So like I I knew, I knew one guy who introduced me to one editor and then I drew one picture that led to one email that got me to another editor. And like, that was pretty much it. Right. Um, so I was literally just like cold emailing the submissions at publisher.com. Right. Which (laughs) go into the pile and then they don't know you and then they ignore them. Right. So I got a message from this one editor and he's like, oh, hey, are you local? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, my, this one other guy I'm working with told me that you were a cool guy and I like your work. We should hang out. And I was like, are you taking pitches? And he said, yeah. And I was like, and I, I just shotgunned everything I had at him. Nice. And then this was, this was the one that, that um, he liked. And then um, I, I don't want to get too much into the, cause like the, the actual process of getting it 
made was totally bananas but uh, i can tell you that like once you see who published it look at that editor on the book because he's easily one of the best people i've ever worked with just like wow from like professionally but also just being like a really cool guy about stuff um because there was a possibility that maybe it wasn't going to be with this publisher and like um he was just super i don't know he's he's just amazing he's an amazing human and then like once i can actually talk about it i'll, I'll sing his praises to the moon like everybody else that's, that's cool <laughs> and you know what give me a little tease what what's the genre just give me two words um what is the genre i, I guess it's a comedy is probably okay. the best is, is, is probably the best way to put it um nice. but uh i i don't know it doesn't fit neatly into a genre necessarily it's sort. It's sort of. Um, I don't know. The, the the best analog to it I could say is probably Airheads, the movie. Okay. And uh, Steve Buscemi, and if you remember that one about yeah. the band that, that took over the radio station, it's uh-huh. it's, it's it's in a similar vein. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I that sounds exciting. Yeah, it's it's going to be nuts. It's going to be totally wacky. Yeah, that that sounds cool. That I love. I like that. That yeah imagine that out. but more supernatural i think is probably the best nice. way to put it. <laughs> that's cool and you know what bob just going back to something that you said like a, a second ago is like mm-hmm. you know reputation is such a big thing in the industry and mm-hmm. you know you say like yeah this guy thought i was a cool guy i know his friend it's it's all about you know having a reputation and like i've heard many times over that like that is what will keep work coming in is that you have a yes. good reputation uh, you know, yeah. you get your shit done in time. Not only do you get it in time, but like it's it's done well, and you're a likable guy. I've heard that that's like a big thing. The old the old uh, the old adages is you need two out of three of the following. You need to be an amazing artist, very easy to work with, and on time. Yeah. If you can mm-hmm. do two out of three, you'll always find work. So like, if you're okay, but you're on time and very easy to work with, you'll get jobs. If you're excellent but kind of a jerk, but on time you'll get jobs, right? Like that's, that's kind of uh that that's kind of the way that I've heard it explained to me. And that's been my experience as well. So very cool. And, okay. and going off of reputation. And I'm, thing. I'm easy to work with and always on time. So that ought to tell you something else. <laughs> there we go. Like so much. <laughs> yeah. You showed up to our show on time. I can vouch for you. There. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but going on top of reputation, I just want to segue into one thing. And I, I know time is dwindling here, but and not for me. I'll talk You're, to you as long as you want. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. You're the man. Yeah. But but going into reputation, we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil it because it it kind of just came out. But issue number two, uh, the character at the end that's named <laughs> has a very big reputation, and yes. you kind of said earlier in the show, very big reputation. I just want to stress that if you haven't read Way of X number two, go read it. Oh my God, go read it. But did you know when you were looking at the script that this character is a big deal? Because you kind of said you didn't really know Marvel Comics. You weren't the, like, did you look yeah. at it and you were like, wow? Or did you uh, look at it and be like, okay. It, you know, it's actually, it's actually really funny because the, like I did, like I've, I, I should preface this by saying that I, like I did read some, like some Marvel stuff in, in high school, but mostly I was an image guy just because that's where all my favorite cool. artists were. But like, you know, you know, I read, I read, you know, what was it? Um, uh, the, you know, I can't remember the number now, but it's, it's, you know, it's the one where Wolverine got all the, Wolver- uh, all the animanium sucked out of him. And, you know, I, I, I've fatal read attractions. Like, yeah. yeah. For the fatal attractions. I was like, like, I, I have some familiarity, this character, I had absolutely no history with. 
at all wow. i was and they were and they're like you know because it's like the the um the the editors were like oh yeah we're bringing back this character and i, I don't know if they were expecting me to write back and go oh cool i was just like <laughs> oh okay cool neat That'll nice be- I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I always feel like such a jerk when I say that stuff because like these people would be like, oh, what do you mean? You don't know? This, is, this is my favorite band guy of all time, but you don't understand what this means in the universe. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just, I feel wretched about it every time too, because like, like we were saying before the show, I was like, these stories really matter to people. And when I sit here and go, I'm not super familiar with it. It's like, what do you mean you're not familiar with it? You're working on this thing that I love so much. And I, I always feel like the biggest jerk in the world I'm at like, least you're honest i like yeah. that you're like you know what that, that's that's yeah that's, but wow. like i would be like yeah but you want to talk about my iron shoes and hellboy you want to talk about that one or no i bet you don't you jerk right that, <laughs> so <laughs> oh my god that's awesome well that's that's very interesting to know i mean it's not so yeah. you got that you got an email from editorial and they were like hey we're bringing back x character yeah it, it was is- well no it was actually because it was um so what it was was we were we were discussing the design of the patchwork man, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like I was like, well, what are you know? I had a very Sai had sent me a, a sort of bare bones description of sort of what he thought maybe he would look like, right? And um, I was, but but you know, obviously, you know, we sort of had like the 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 Legion reveal. Right. right. So, you know, we were sort of playing with how do we maybe create a little bit of a misdirect, but also make it so that you could, if you looked back, piece together who this person was or who this Mm -hmm. character was. Um, So I, you know, and if you look back on it, the coloration of those panels should be a dead giveaway. Right, you're like, so right, and and just just to butt in real quick, when I was yeah. reading that, and you get the reveal of the patchwork man, that was like, uh, it was honestly kind of half of the book was honestly a horror story mm-hmm. for me. It was it was Absolutely. like a, it was it definitely was on the lines of uh, of just a classic Marvel horror. You know, you got the dark shades, you got just the mystery, you got you got nightmare, you got nightmare. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Professor X waking up screaming. It was just, it was very, very well done, and that's something I really appreciated about your artwork in the first issue. Ha- oh, had you. to say, yeah. big we, fan. It, it definitely, it definitely tone like one of the things that I think has been great, at least on this particular series I've been working on, is is that Sai and I, I think, definitely tonally share a lot of similarities like i like i don't draw like i i I like halloween stuff i like stuff that's sort of creepy i like stuff that's sort of moody but like i also like a good fart joke right like so like the the, the sort of being able to bounce back and forth between being creepy and being sort of silly um feels right to me and that stuff is all in the scripts in a like in uh in issue four there is a really significant like slapstick uh, sequence nice. that is like totally like comic strip goofball stuff and i was like this is this is perfect right like and, and you know like the like the vomiting sequences in, in like i was like oh my god like th- this book was made for me like this is the kind like like i said i grew up reading mad magazine like i, I want to draw people puking and all kinds of stupid stuff and every like gross out stuff yeah. love it totally fun right it's so but, but like I said, it was it's it's this bizarre sort of match made in heaven tonally for me where I was like, I totally get what this is. Uh, and it's just been a pleasure to work on the whole time. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you well, guys do mesh well. You mesh so well. Yeah, we really I, do. We really yeah. do. 
That's awesome. And, and it really is just a, a overall great. I can't sing the praises enough. And that's not because you're on our show. The book is that good. It's that good. Like, <laughs> I do appreciate it. Yeah. Cause like, so if good. you don't like it, I want, I want to, I want to field any and all criticisms immediately, but I, I'm, I'm here to recognize that like my, my particular brand of drawing isn't necessarily everybody's cup of tea, right? Like I, I have, uh, you know, uh, the, the number of times I've been at a con and somebody goes, I don't know, it's a little cartoony. And I go, yeah, I get it. You know, it's, 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 it's not a slam, right? Like, yeah, it's very subjective it. like, after all. Yeah. It's, it's all subjective. And like, you know, either my, my stuff is sort of bouncy and it, it isn't like hyper detailed, ultra realistic. Like I'm just not interested in that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So like, if somebody says, yeah, that's usually when somebody says this is not good, it's because it means I didn't put enough, you know, cross hatching tick marks and that you can't see every laces and every lace in the shoe. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm choosing to spend my time elsewhere exactly. uh, in these drawings and I don't really care. Right. And so, and because it's subjective, I tend not to get uh, real bent out of shape about it. Right. And ultimately the other thing of it is, is like, look at what they're saying and see where there is room for improvement. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause like the, the thing that I've been trying to be very cognizant of in all of my work is to make sure that I'm not plateauing. Right. Like mm -hmm. what, what I really want to do is make sure that the next issue I put out embarrasses my last issue right like i want to be able to look back at the first issue of way of x and go Ugh, ugh <laughs> why did anybody like that this is terrible and then you know and by issue five go yeah when issue five comes out go yeah that's the best that's the best i could have drawn anything and yeah. then when issue six comes out and issue seven or however into the future we get to draw this thing or we get to make this thing have that be the best issue i ever drew right so if, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're stagnating and somebody else is getting better than you. So, you know, and then they're going to get your job. Yeah. <laughs> interesting that you brought that up because I wanted to, to ask you as the, as a, as a creator, mm -hmm. how do you look at your work and you, you spent hours pouring into it and you just, you look at it and you don't absolutely hate it. Like I, 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 I struggle with that a lot personally, oh, no I matter do. what I work on, I look back and I'm like, this is absolute garbage. Yeah, no, you do. The, the, my, my favorite quote from one of my old favorite artists, Gene Cohen is don't look at a page after you turn it in. Like huh. you, you, you can't, right? Cause every, every page is, this is going to sound bad, but, but like, again, I, you know, I work under, I work under a very strict deadline. I don't turn my pages in late. I tend to turn them in early if I can, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I don't, cause ultimately the easier you make an editor's job, the, the, the more they're going to like you, right? Like, so I don't butt up against deadlines if I can help it, right? Like every issue of way of X has come in early um, oh. because, you know, like it's, it's a, it's an assembly line in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. right? So Ultimately, I have to make their job as easy as possible. I want to make the colorist's job as easy as possible. I want to make the letterer's job as easy as possible. And like everybody's on like these razor thin deadlines and, and, and margins and stuff like that. The easier I make it for everybody, the better. But as a result, and I think, you know, because I'm not somebody like a, like a Jim Lee, a lot of pages, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make this sound too bad, but like, you know, most pages have a series of compromises in them, right? Like, at a certain point you go, this is done. This is the best I can do it today. Right. Okay. And you'll look back on it and go, mm, it's not the best page I could have done. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, obviously a little disappointing, but you know, like you want it to be the best you can do it. And I'll, I'll, I do try to do it the best I can do it, but you'll, you'll invariably you'll see, oh man, I wish I would have worked that pose again. Yeah. And that's a little stiff. Oh, I wish I would have changed the angle on this. This would have been better. Right. I did just say, don't look at a page after you turn it in, but there is, there is value in there are, there's stuff to learn from doing it. Right. Um, 
So l- l- looking back at an old book and going, man, this was bad. I, but every now and then you'll see something that you used to do that you don't do anymore. That's kind of interesting. And you'll go, oh man, I wish I did that. I got to remember how to do that. But being able to look back at old work and be critical of it is incredibly important to your growth. Of as, course. As, any, as an artist, like a writer, uh, penciler, inker, uh, uh, colorist, what have you, right? Being able to look back and go, this was good. This wasn't good. How do I improve this in the future? You know, maybe I need to work on hands. Maybe I need to work on my backgrounds. Maybe I need to work on, you know, guiding the eye through the page with, you know, how, how am I applying the 70, 30 dark to, to light rule? You know, is the page itself composed in a way that looks like a beautiful piece of artwork or is it just a series of panels that tells a story, right? Yeah. A- am I properly highlighting? Is this, this page as exciting as it could have been? How could I have done it differently so that it would have been more exciting or whatever, right? <clears throat> and that's an important part of the process. And usually because you're on these tight deadlines, you don't have a ton of opportunity to do it. So if you do get those opportunities, I do highly recommend to any artists out there who might be listening, I do highly recommend taking those moments and looking back and going, where did I suck on this issue? What did I do poorly? When somebody writes a review of how your, how your book sucked ass, most of the time you can ignore them, but sometimes there's a shred of something in there that's going to be really helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do actually tend to look for reviews that slam stuff I did just to see if the person just doesn't know what they're talking about or if there is something I could be improving it because you don't always see it, right? You don't always see the thing that you're doing wrong until it's too late or you don't. um, An old friend of mine used to say, when you hate your work, it's because you've learned something, but you don't know what it is yet. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like I I hate something about this drawing. I hate the drawing. This drawing sucks. Why does it suck? I don't know, but there's something about it. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. And, and, And maybe it's, you know, I've learned, I know something about perspective intuitively but I don't understand how I didn't execute it properly. So, and, it, and it's that process of going back, reviewing, seeing what the thing is and going, oh, that's why I don't like it, right? Like he's not standing in space properly. That's why I don't like it. I didn't push the perspective far enough. And so it, the, the frame is a little flatter than it should have been, stuff like that. That's, an, that's incredible. honestly that's awesome wow yeah it's all growth mindset stuff i've been trying to be really cognizant of that with with drawing and writing and stuff like that like being able to look back at what you've done with a critical eye and go this is where it's working where this is where it's not it's 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 incredibly important if you want to have an artistic career like never to settle right and never go i'm the best at this because the moment you think you're the best at this i feel like we're always our own our own biggest critics you should be some people aren't though dude and like those people i think are dead in the water absolutely yeah, See, there is that, that fine line where you have to like balance between admitting that you have worked on your craft for so long that you've mastered quite a bit of it and you are mm-hmm. good, but you can't just, you know, flat out say, oh, I'm the best there's ever been. And, yeah. you know, my entire dirt. my entire Twitter feed is nothing but false bravado, <laughs> like all of it, <laughs> all of it, like the number of times I said that I am the greatest living comic book artist of all time there's a lot you can find them there's a lot of them <laughs> i'm not are you kidding me <laughs> I'm garbage like you know i i get sent reference and stuff like that for for books i'm drawing but like hey here's how this character looks and i'm like oh my god valerio's amazing or like you know they they sent me giant size x-men i saw all those pepe Laraz pages before anybody else saw them mm-hmm. i've never seen anything like that book. you you guys are not going to believe what what he drew in that book mm-hmm. it's absolutely banana you've seen a few of the pages i'm sure colored yeah. you know and everything yeah. up on yeah you're nobody's ready for that book nobody's ready for what he's about to drop on everybody it's oh. unbelievable 
it's absolutely obscene. And like, I got, they sent that to me. Wow. And I immediately, cause I need, I needed it for uh, issue three of, uh, of, of way of X. And oh, I immediately right. wrote back to my editors and I was like, you guys need to be harder on me. You need to tell me everything I'm doing wrong because I'm not drawing this. Like I'm not at this level yet. And they immediately wrote back and said, no, no, Bob, you're okay. We're doing a completely different book than this, right? Like ours is about introspection. Ours is about metaphysics. Theirs is about going big every panel, right? right. So, and like un understanding where your strengths are and stuff like that is really important. But again, it's like when you get sent that stuff and suddenly you look at it and you go, oh man, I'm not there yet. I got a lot of work to do. It's very eye-opening and it's very humbling, but it's also very good for you too. So, um, but also, you know, I guess I'm going to be cheerleader for the brand. You need to pick that book up. Oh, it's going to pummel your cornea. It, you're uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable that book. That was actually, I, time, is, time is pretty much up, Bob. And that was pretty much the last question I was going to ask you is how, maybe if you could dig into it a tiny bit more. Sure. How the tie-in process for the Hellfire Gala, which Anas and I are so excited about. <laughs> we are so excited for that. Um, and we're so glad that Nightcrawler is gonna have a huge part in it. Um yeah. but how does that how does that work? If you could just describe that briefly, how does the process so, work? Because there's a giant size X-Men for those that don't know, or planet size X-Men issue that's I think kind of in the middle of the crossover event between all titles. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and of course, Nightcrawler and Way of X has a tie-in. So how does mm -hmm. that work? So uh, it's a little interesting because, well, obviously like they, so the, the writers on, on X-Men, you know, like have like a Slack channel where they're talking to each other constantly about everything. Right. Wow. So when, when somebody has an idea or when one of these events comes up, you know, it becomes a very collaborative process for them. Right. Um, and then like, you know, when, when it's coming up, right. Right. So like I was in, it's, it's actually, okay, this is really funny. This is, this is a weird thing about this book. Right. So our book got greenlit pretty late in the process, like pretty late after the hellfire gala stuff had all been sort of concepted and started to work like this wow. actually started, you know, coming together. So we have a place in it. Um, but it's probably a little different than everybody else's. Like, um, our book has been described as the hangover. Uh, okay. of, of the uh of, of the gala right because like you are we, the last we, the last issue in it aren't, aren't yeah you? we are we are very much what the the aftermath of it okay uh, so we're going to be dealing with all the consequences of yeah what well, uh, a certain person is going to do of of Kurt getting himself into some trouble <laughs> so oh, man. uh so because i have a tendency to get ahead as i mentioned i ended up being one of the first people to actually start drawing anything in it oh, wow. mm -hmm. and so the the process of me actually like understanding what the space looked like and um, so like a, a lot of what ended up happening was like, okay, we're doing this Hellfire Gala. And then I started getting Russell and Valerio's designs for all of these different characters and stuff like that. And me going, okay, that that's a cool outfit. Yeah, and who am I gonna have? Awesome. Um, and then I actually got to design everybody in our book, which was nice. a ton of fun. So like when you, you know, when you see all the, so like uh, Nightcrawler, Loa, Pixie, uh dazzler that that was all stuff that i that i did uh with you know obviously with editorial and, and uh and sai kind of watching along the way so i got to do all that stuff but like i i got in there and i was like what does any of this stuff look like like what does the space look like and they're like we don't know and like i'd get them and i'd get pages that like um that like uh uh josh uh that josh had done and i'd be like 
but what does the space look like and then finally somebody did a background and i was like oh god okay so now i understood and then like so like i'm trying to piece together from like designs that people had done of costumes to backgrounds that were sort of trickling in but like they weren't so like there was like this art thread that the editors would set up and like i'd have to comb through these to see what people were wearing versus what the background in this section looked like where th this pe these people were had a, had a conversation that took part of this other part of it and i'm like so it, it was uh it was a crazy oh, jigsaw puzzle yeah. <laughs> as everything was filtering in but like I, you know I had to piece it together, but like most of it's funny because most of our issues, uh, this the actual gala is told first person through Kurt's eyes. So like his hands are in the foreground, oh like God. holding drinks and like That's putting trippy. his arm around people. That's and stuff. amazing. So like, yeah, wow. it's, it's totally wild. And it, I don't know if, oh man, has the, hang on. I have to see if they've, uh, let, let me Google quickly because I don't no, know. No, 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 you're is, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are, um, there are like some celebrity tie-ins. Have you heard about that? Oh yeah, we've, we've heard about those. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. They, they okay, didn't okay. announce any names, but they announced that there will be some celebrities. Okay, so I got, and then after I had finished the pages, I get this email from them saying, hey, there's going to be celebrities in the book. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they send me a list of three people who are going to appear in our book. And I have to somehow draw into these, these, these panels are packed full of people already. Oh man, wow. I can't wait. I've got I've I've got like these five panel pages that are again all told through Kurt's perspective of him talking to people. But then I've got to fit a thousand mutants in the background because he's having conversations with a bunch of people. Right. But then I also have to fit in after I've already drawn all these pages, this celebrity's in this one, this celebrity is going to be in here. Let's leave space because we think there's a there's a rave that happens in a place I can't talk about. Oh my god! <laughs> and that there's there's a celebrity had to be worked in there, and I'm <laughs> like I'm like oh my god! I don't understand so, what's happening with this thing. You you keep so, saying yeah, these it's, celebrities it's, were they like were, did did I don't know if you know this, but did Marvel reach out to them and say like we want to put you in the book? Do you know how that kind of worked? My understanding is that they were either people that had potentially maybe written. Like if, if there was like a celebrity writer, sometimes they would end up in here. Other ones were, hey, this guy's just long known to be somebody who really loves comic books. And Ooh. I think maybe they reached out to them and said, and there's all, like, there's also like a, a really big fashion component, obviously, because yeah. of like everybody's yeah. goofy outfit. Like, That's like the outfit. best part. Yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, goofy is the wrong term. Like the sort of Met Gala yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, angle to the whole thing. So to that end, if the, if the person is sort of known to be a big a fashion fashionista, icon. like a fashion icon, like one of the people that I, I drew is like, sent me this long uh, write up of things that they were going to, they wanted to be wearing because wow. this That's person cool. is very big into, into fashion. So it was like, okay, you know, some people were just like, I don't know, put me in a tux. <laughs> and other people were like, no, 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 this, I'm wearing this. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And so I, I ended up having to try to simulate that person's style in the book. So amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool. Oh man, I'm so glad you're a part of that. And that's so cool that Marvel's kind of like doing the, nothing like this has really been done before. Nothing. No, it's wild. Of, yeah. It's really wild. And like, it's, it's really cool. Like it's, it's neat to see our book is so weird, right? Cause it's like, you know, there, there are a lot of sort of like simple punch them in the face morality tales. And like, you know, we have the, the, the very simple sort of like 
mutants as analog for racism stories but like right. now we're getting into some really weird fresh territory fresh territory with like this new normal that's going on here right like you know we are talking about stuff that's metaphysical we are talking about sort of gui guiding principles and, and ways of looking at the world and unifying ideals which you know you know, I, I, I don't want to get like too political about anything, but you know, it's like with, with the decline in religion, mm -hmm. right. With, within the United States and stuff like that, we sort of get into the place where people don't necessarily have things that they believe in and what, what does unite people. And this is a, a concept that Krakoa can now explore, right. Okay. In a way that is, uh, that, that is, as opposed to just saying, well, we don't have religion in America anymore, right? Like we can talk about what is a unifying idea, but like through the lens of sci-fi, which a lot, it's, I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's really exciting and really interesting. And it's breaking new story ground in ways that's really interesting. And I hope people are enjoying it as much as we're enjoying making it. Cause it's, it's, it's really been a pleasure. You know, oh, the X-Men yeah. have always been hell kind yeah. of like that metaphor for marginalized mm -hmm. minorities in the mm -hmm. United States and mm -hmm. a lot of political stories have been told through the x-men's eyes and i think that's why they're so impactful to so many people like exactly they they like, really made an impact and a lot of people relate to those characters anybody who's ever felt like an outcast says that's me right anybody exactly. who's who's been told they don't fit in for whatever reason whether it's you know sexual orientation or race or ethnicity whatever you can find that parallel to your life exactly and, you know now we're we're finding even more ways with again with this new normal to to explore that stuff and it's it's again it's really exciting it's really cool and you know it, it is it is moving beyond sort of simple morality tales to really complex questions about what yeah. it is to be alive what, what you know it, nihilism existence yeah mm -hmm. i can't i'm honestly like we're so blown away by your work so far and we can't wait to see how you know the way of x and the hellfire gala turn out hell yeah thank sure you. it's gonna yeah. be amazing <laughs> me too <laughs> and Honestly, thank you so, so much for your time. We had an absolute blast talking to you. I oh. This went way better than we would have expected. We were so nervous. About <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that I truly nervous. It's absolutely not my intent, but like, no guys, it was absolutely a pleasure. My, my, my absolute pleasure to be here. It's super fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. That's, that's awesome. And guys, I, you got to follow Bob on Instagram. Uh, we have his Instagram. It's King of Smaster. <laughs> um, definitely give him a follow. See, uh, see some of his cool artwork. You know, he's got some Phantom X. He's got some Pixie on there. He's got, he's got it all. Um, and Bob, you know, we can't wait to, to see what you have in store. Thank you for bringing us the best Nightcrawler. Thank you for bringing us uh, one of the best books that's, that's out right now. Um, you know, we appreciate your time and, and we appreciate your time on the show today. Truly. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for all the kind words. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely.